We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. From KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Great Bar Sports Open Line. Those bit swings, and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Great Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Let's go. Now, from Cardinal Spring Training in Jupiter, Florida, and the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center, here's Matt Pauley. It is time for a Graybar Sports Open Line. It is great to have you with us this evening as we take you for the next two hours, a full two-hour program tonight. Also a full two-hour program coming up tomorrow. So uh, we've got uh, a lot to uh, get to you. As always, uh, you can join the program. Probably the best way to do so is uh, getting in touch with us on Twitter, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. But you can also uh, call or text in 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. Again, you can tweet at Matt Pauley on air. We've got a lot coming up over the next. Uh, two hours uh, in about 10 minutes or so we're going to be joined by uh, Matt Snyder he writes about and covers Major League Baseball for uh, CBS Sports coming up uh, next hour we're going to be joined by uh, Brian Kennedy sports reporter and anchor with uh, Channel 4 KMOV Uh, we will hear some comments from uh, Blues coach uh, Craig Berube later uh, later this hour and then uh, next hour we'll go through uh, what Oliver Marmel had to say here in Jupiter earlier today again if you want to join us 314 436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. Or you can tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air. Uh, I want to start with this and actually probably texting or tweeting would be the best way. uh, So we can maybe get some of these in this segment. If you're able to uh, text or tweet right away. When you heard, when you found out that Tim McCarver had passed away, what was your initial thought? What's your memories of, uh, of Tim McCarver? We, uh, I'd love to see your texts and tweets on that, and we'll read those, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. That's how you text, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. So I'm 40 years old. I was born in 1982. I don't uh, resonate with Tim McCarver, the baseball player. I've obviously seen clips. I've heard stories. Uh, a lot of those stories are based upon uh, his relationship with uh, with Bob Gibson, who he caught a lot. And there's amazing stories that have been told over and over and over about uh, some interactions between those two. But for me, what Tim McCarver was first was a broadcaster. And you you grow up and you watch national baseball games and you heard Tim McCarver. And I, I was thinking about this because... I'm obviously a broadcaster. I got into sports broadcasting. 
And there are certain sports broadcasters at a local level. There are certain sports broadcasters at a national level. There are certain sports broadcasters who I've worked with, who I've had relationships with. Like All these different people impact you and impact who you are personally as a broadcaster. And Tim McCarver was baseball broadcasting. I, you know, for football, it was it was um, Pat Summerall and John Madden. It was the team. It was it was Summerall and Madden. Like that's the when I think about growing up and watching football and knowing it was a big game, Summerall and Madden are are, are the guys that I I think about. When I think about baseball, really the the team I think about sometimes was the Sunday night baseball crew that I grew up with which uh, was uh, John Miller and Harold Reynolds. But then from a World Series perspective, it was Tim McCarver. And McCarver worked with a whole lot of different uh, play-by-play broadcasters. That's kind of the difference between what I was talking about with the other guys and him. He he worked with, with both Jack Buck and Joe Buck, and he worked with a, a number of other broadcasters as well. And it's been kind of cool to see on Twitter today all the various broadcasters who have come out and, and had their own stories and the different reporters. And look, I, I wasn't here in St. Louis during this time working uh, as a local Cardinals uh, broadcaster. I always thought it was really cool. So he made the decision to step away from the national broadcasting. And then he, I, I always thought that him coming to St. Louis and, and finishing off his career doing Cardinals games, I, it, it made me kind of proud to be a St. Louis. And, and, and I've always taken pride in the fact that I, I feel like, broadcasters from St. Louis and broadcasters connected to St. Louis. There's such a high standard associated with them. And I always thought it was just the coolest thing that McCarver, the, the top baseball analyst in the country that when he decided to call it a career in terms of his national work, it was St. Louis that he came to, to do some local work for and for him to be able to finish there. Um, I, I thought was, I thought was really, really cool. So just, um, just sad the kind of the way his career came to an end with it being COVID related as well. If COVID doesn't happen, I don't know how much longer he would have continued to do uh, Cardinals games. But uh, once it got to a point that games were being produced from uh, from you know locally, and uh, he wasn't based out of St. Louis, and then just kind of moving on from there for uh, his career to basically be brought to an end as a result of COVID, that's not something that uh, I love that it finished off that way. I uh, got a text message uh, from the three one four said I did not like him on the national scene, but when he came here, loved him and was amazed with his stories and knowledge of the game. His stories were amazing. And not only were the, you know, you need a good storyteller to go along with the good story, right? That's, that's what you need. And he was an amazing storyteller. And he had a story about everybody. And he had a story that connected to every single, like, moment. Like, it didn't matter what the situation was. There was a story that he would be able to tell that uh, connected it to it. So I thought that was uh, pretty cool. I got a text message earlier today uh, from one of my friends who is a a native St. Louis and who I worked with uh, in Colorado. And he texted me and he said, if you do something on McCarver tonight, please mention his 10th inning home run in the 64 World Series. 
other history does not happen if not for that. And what he's alluding to is winning that 64 World Series because that was the 10-inning game. Cardinals beat the Yankees by a 5-2 score, and then they were one win away from winning the World Series. The next game, the Yankees win. That was game six, and then they come back with the 7-5 win in game number seven. But if they don't win that game number five and game six still plays out the way it did, they end up losing to the Yankees in six games as opposed to uh, beating the Yankees in seven games. Uh, And that was a series where Bob Gibson won game five, and then Bob Gibson also came back and uh, won game number uh, seven of that series. So um, that was, you know, that was one of my friends, and, and he very, that was very important to him that we talk about the 10th inning home run in game five of, uh, of the 64 World Series. So, yeah, that's, um, um, that's just. I, I feel like I'm not completely doing justice. We could probably do two hours if you did not hear uh, during Total Information PM. Bob Costas was on with Michael Calhoun. Uh, you can go find that uh, on the podcast. And uh, he obviously had a lot of stories, and those two uh, are very, very close and have done some work together. So uh, just sad that uh, Tim McCarver is no longer with us as he passes away today. All right, uh, when we return, we will shift gears just a bit. Uh, Matt Snyder covers baseball for CBS Sports. We'll get his thoughts on the passing of Tim McCarver and uh, also uh, some other things going on in the world of baseball. That's up next. This is Sports Open Line. We are live in Jupiter, Florida, broadcasting from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center. We're back with more in just a moment on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is America's Sports Voice. KMOX. Open Line continues here on KMOX. We are live in Jupiter, Florida, broadcasting from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center. We are in the Cardinals Spring Training Complex. Uh, First full squad workout on Monday, but that's deceiving because basically everybody is here and full squad workouts are essentially already taking place. Right now, we're very happy to uh, welcome on to the program. He covers and talks about and writes about Major League Baseball for uh, CBS, CBS Sports. He is Matt Snyder. You follow him on Twitter at Matt Snyder CBS. Matt, appreciate you taking some time with us this evening. How are you? 
I'm good. You know, it's it's a good time of the year, man. Spring training's here, so it's a uh, you know hope for almost every team. Not every team, but you know, you know, you, you can talk yourself into a lot of things if you're a fan this time of year. Yeah, uh, Pirates and Reds fans might not have a whole lot to uh, be excited. That's why, yeah, that's why I said almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not to take things down, and we'll get into baseball in a moment, but kind of the, our biggest story in St. Louis right now is the passing of Tim McCarver, and he was so connected to the Cardinals uh, from his playing days and then from a broadcasting standpoint, and a lot of people grew up uh, and watched the World Series and uh, saw and heard Tim McCarver. I don't even know what I'm asking you, but just kind of general thoughts, general reflections when you heard the news today that McCarver had passed away. Yeah, it's always a sad thing when you lose uh, an esteemed member of the baseball family. And um, he was so much more than a broadcaster, as you well know, from the St. Louis area, a two-time All-Star, MVP runner-up, World Series champion. Um, And then to go on and make himself into such a a good broadcaster for so many years. He's a Hall of Fame broadcaster, but was also a very good player. That's a baseball lifer, man. And uh, those guys are special to our sport. So, Thank you, Tim McCarver, for everything you did for the baseball family is, is my main sentiment. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate that. Uh, for folks listening, coming up next hour, I'm going to play some audio from Corbin Burns, but I'm going to ask Matt Snyder about that right now. Uh, Corbin Burns of the Milwaukee Brewers today kind of went off on the Brewers and talked about the arbitration process because they went to an arbitration hearing over uh, not much money. $740,000 was the difference. Yep. <laughs> and uh, according to Burns, the Brewers blamed him for not making it to the playoffs last year. What? How do you? How do you look at this entire situation, which just seems like a disaster? It's always contentious to to do the arbitration hearings because that's the thing that I, I believe it's unique to baseball. I'm not well versed on every single aspect of the salary system and every other sport, but I believe this is the only sport where, for every other portion of the season you always have your guys back, but then you go to arbitration and all of a sudden you have to talk about how bad he is and why you should win the arbitration hearing. I just feel like it's something you should try to avoid at all costs. And when you're talking about a Cy Young winner who's in the middle of his prime, not that far away from free agency, one of the best pitchers in the league, he would not be a bad bet to win Cy Young again this year. Actually, it'd be a pretty good bet to win Cy Young again this year. $740,000, you're going to make that fight. You're going to make him that mad at your franchise. Uh, I just don't see the upside in that at all. I, I mean, it's – and the funny thing is, it's not like we're talking about an organization that's – I know they're the smallest market in baseball, but it's not like they've been historically as cheap as, like, the Pirates or even the Reds. I mean, the Brewers pay guys. Look at Yelich's contract right now. Look at what they did for Ryan Braun all those years. I, I just can't believe that they let it get to that point and they still went to the arbitration table and still badmouthed him. He's one of the only reasons they were actually in the playoff race. Absurd to me. I can't believe it. Does he finish this year in Milwaukee? Probably because I don't think he would have a ton of say in in, in getting traded right now. I don't feel like he's – the, the type of guy who's going to go out and, and tank anything on purpose or anything like that and, and demand a trade and make a big show over it. And they're probably going to be in the playoff race, so it wouldn't make sense for them to trade him. Then again, they traded Hayter last year. But uh, I, I assume they're going to be in the, in the playoff race. He's not a free agent until after next season. I would bet on yes, um, but it's not 100% by any means. I mean, if they do 
somehow fall out of the race while he's having a good year and healthy, I, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. But if that somehow happens, he, they could very well trade him because only a year and a half to free agency, he's close enough. At this point, you'd have to say he's not going to re-sign with them as soured as he is on their process of negotiation. Um, and they could probably get a lot for him because it's not just a rental. It's a year and a half. But I, I assume they'll be in the race, in which case they've got to keep him. He would uh, – and divi- trades like that inside of the division almost never happen. But for me, the Cardinals are still missing that top-level starting pitcher. Yeah. And, oh, and even if Jack Flaherty player. is that guy, they, they still don't stand up with some of the other staffs across the National League. It feels like the Cardinals are waiting for a situation like this to maybe go swoop in and get yeah. somebody this year. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, it could be that. It, like you said, I don't know if the Brewers would want to make a trade like that within the division, but it, it could – present itself outside the division you never know what's going to happen with the marlins where things are going to be with a lot of the pitchers they have alcantara is probably a bridge too far but they've still got even after they traded lopez they've still got some intriguing young arms and again i don't think they're going to fall out of the race but you never know what's going to happen going into the season if the guardians fall out of it shane bieber is just a perfect fit for somebody like the cardinals do you like the? They play in a really bad division this year, where yeah. two of the teams are really bad, and then I, I think you may think more highly of the Brewers than I do. I, I'm not convinced the Cubs have not passed the Brewers. I think they're very close to each other. It just, it, it's hard to evaluate this Cardinals team when they play in a division where they should easily win the division. Well, and it's it's going to be interesting because the schedule is balanced now. So, you know, how much different is that going to be when? Some of those Reds and Pirates games, or the Cubs even from last year a little bit, get replaced with teams maybe from the AL East or the NL West or something like that. All of a sudden, things get a little bit more difficult. It's going to be, you know, are are we now talking about high 80s and wins for the Cardinals? And if so, the margin for error is lower there because the Brewers are right there in the mid-80s. Obviously, balanced schedule for them too. So if we're going to dock the Cardinals, we have to dock the Brewers and and, then – the Cubs as well, but it's going to be really interesting to see how things play out with a more balanced schedule. Because just looking last year, AL East, four teams over 500, Red Sox in last place only at 78 and 84. And if you look at the Red Sox, they were brutal against the AL East, mm-hmm. but really good against everybody else. So you take away a lot of those AL East games, replace them with other divisions in that same situation. Man, it's going to be it's going to be fun to see how it sorts out. So you wrote a couple days ago about the uh, runner on uh, second rule, and, and you are in favor of it. And in theory, yeah. I don't like it, but in practice, I do. I like it happening in the moment where it's exciting, and I'm very glad that from a health and safety standpoint, uh, you don't have uh, bullpens that are being crushed. And then, guy, I don't. I always hated the fact that a, a guy does his job. He goes and throws three innings in the pen on uh, in an extra inning game, and then he ends up getting sent down because he has options. Yeah, you, you I get, don't like that uh, at all. Yeah. Yeah, you get dinged for doing your job. I always hated that. So um, just uh, I, I said that the other day on this show, and the response to me was very negative. So oh, I yeah. give it to oh, you. Yeah. Why Why is this such a good thing? Well, you, first off, I didn't like it that much at first. And my, my main thing was I thought, here's what's going to happen. You're going to get to the 10th, and they're just going to bunt the guy to third. Then they're going to hit a sack fly, and that's one run. Then the bottom, of the half, bottom half, they're going to bunt him over, hit a sack fly to tie it. And then we're just going to go on. Why are we going to do that? But actually, it's made it a lot more exciting 
teams actually try to score multiple runs because you're just assuming everybody's going to score one. So they play for the big inning. That's my big thing. The other big thing for me is, I, it's the it's, it is to me at least the only sport I can think of where if it goes into whatever the extras are, overtime, extra innings, whatever, where where you feel like you're going to have this place emptied out. It's possible to have this place emptied out and people are going to give up before it actually ends. Um, and the likelihood that it goes 15, 16, 17 innings, we've seen those games in the past and there's like nobody left in the crowd. And I just yeah. feel like as much money as you, it, it takes to spend to go to a game, I feel like you should be rewarded with a winner. And uh, I, I know some people said, just have a tie instead of do that. No, I don't want no. people to go and spend all their money and all that time and sit there and just get a tie or go home and say, you know what, guys, it's 1130. You guys have school tomorrow. We can't stay and finish this game. I know it's the only game we can afford to go to all year, but we just can't find out who wins tonight. That doesn't sit well with me. I feel like it's better for the customers if you end the game within a reasonable amount of time. And I'm not saying get it over with. One of the things I hear all the time is, you just want to get it over with as quick as possible. No, man, you had nine innings. Nine innings takes well over three hours. I just want people to be able to see a winner. And I know that I'm different because I have a job where I'm going to stay up and watch the whole game no matter what. But there's a lot of people who have responsibilities who can't stay up until one in the morning on a random regular season game, and they don't get to see the winner. And I just want people to be able to see a conclusion. Last thing for you, pitch clock, larger bases, uh, banning the overshift. There's no real way to know the the impact of a single one of those rules when all the rules are being yeah. put in together. But which one of those do you think is going to result in the biggest impact and the biggest change in the way the game is played? By the end of the year, I think that everybody is going to be either in love with the pitch count or forget it exists. Uh, the number of minor league games I've been to, I forgot about it by the second or third inning. Like the first time I was there, I forgot. I, I started watching it right when I was there and looking at the pitcher and like if there was a base runner looking at him, if there was a guy stepping out. I was really focused on it as part of my job because I wanted to see how it affected the game. By the third inning, I wasn't even watching it anymore. Um, there will be growing pains because there's a lot of pitchers who haven't been in the minors. I, I think about somebody like Max Scherzer or Justin Verlander getting mad about it because they haven't, they haven't done it before. Um, it might be a rocky couple months with it, but I think by the end of the season, it's going to be like it was back in the 80s and even the early 90s when the pitcher just got on the rubber, got the sign, and threw it. Instead of standing there forever, taking 30 seconds in between pitches, we don't need all that dead air. I think it's going to be so much more fun to just have almost nonstop action the entire time. So I think it's going to be great. I was a broadcaster in the minor leagues for a while, and I was at AAA when they just put the clock in. It was People think it's going to be like a shot clock where we're counting down and guys got to get a pitch off. It's never like that. No, No. it it doesn't even get close, and they don't look at it. I thought that too. Like One of my initial things was, well, maybe if fans start counting down, maybe that'll be a fun aspect. No, but you're right. It never even comes close to that because almost every time I looked, there were five, six, seven seconds left on that clock. They don't even look at it. They just get the sign. They just get on the rubber, get the sign, and pitch. He is Matt Snyder. You read him at CBSSports.com. You follow him on Twitter at Matt Snyder CBS. Matt, thanks so much for the time. We'll do this again soon if you're all right with it. Yeah, absolutely. Take care. 
Awesome. There's Matt Snyder joining us here on the program. All right, when we come back, uh, we're going to shift gears and get back into uh, Tim McCarver. In fact, we're going to play some fun audio uh, from when uh, he was inducted into the Cardinals Hall of Fame. Uh, we'll listen to uh, some of what he had to say that day. That's next. This is Sports Open Line from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter here on KMOX. The Grimar Sports Open Line. Goes Smith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Grimar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Let's go. Now from Cardinal Spring Training in Jupiter, Florida, and the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center. Once again, Matt Pauley. The palatial T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center. We are in a uh, conference room that is connected to the rest of the uh, media room. I don't really, I haven't asked, I should, I don't really know, like I've got the door closed, there's a wall, I don't really know how much the riders can hear of what's going on in here when everything's closed. I can hear them a little bit, so common sense would tell you they can hear me, but I don't know how clear it is that they can hear me over there, it's, uh, I, I don't know, so, but uh, I don't even know if anybody's over there at this uh, at this point, but... Yeah, that's the, that's where we're at. We are. Uh, it's the it's the office building that's across the street from the uh, spring training complex and, and Roger Dean Stadium. They actually so the Cardinals have kind of rented out space here. The wall. Okay, so the wall to my left is where the media sits. The wall to my right is the minor league like workout room, strength and conditioning area. So we just hear. Uh, the the music and the throwing of weights around throughout the course of uh, of the day, but none of that going on obviously right now. Uh, we found out earlier today that uh, Tim McCarver had uh, passed away, uh, somebody who's done just about everything in baseball, and uh, that includes being a Cardinals Hall of Famer. He was uh, inducted into the Cardinals Hall of Fame uh, back in 2017, and wanted to play for you some of what he had to say that day in his induction speech. You could say my career was kind of poetic justice, as this A.E. Hausman poem suggests. Maybe you're familiar with the words. When I was one in 20, I heard a wise man say, give gold and pounds and guineas, but not your heart away. I got to tell you, when I was one in 20, I'd been with the Cardinal organization for four years, and believe me, I'd given my heart, my body, and my soul to St. Louis baseball. But I still couldn't make it to the big leagues. This was my first full year. It was to be my first full year. I was out of waivers. It was a tense time. It was very hard. Didn't come easily. In fact, during the winter meetings of 1961, there were only two people in the organization who thought I could be a major league catcher at this level. Buddy Lewis, the scout that signed me, and Eddie Stanky, the farm director. So. I had to produce or else, no excuses, and show that I belonged in a big way. It was Stan Musial's last year, 1963, and finally my first. 
and I thrived, and I loved it. We won 19 out of 20 games in September of that year, but lost to the Dodgers, who ultimately were world champions, beating the Yankees four in a row. But the next year, 1964, a lot of good things happened. We won the pennant on the last day of the season, beat the Yankees in October, and we're off. We won again in 1967 and 68. I mean, by the time I was 26, I'd played in three World Series, and I thought, man, this is great. Almost a World Series every year. Uh Uh-uh. The game has a way of keeping you honest. And certainly that was the case with me. I never played in another World Series. 13 more years. Boy, were those teams special. Those teams of the 60s. If you were lucky enough to have seen them play, we were really good. I mean, really good. I mean, you run out of superlatives when you talk about the men who have, with integrity, intelligence, and gritty determination, represented those remarkable teams. Kenny Boyer, our captain. Bill White who would eventually become the National League president. Dick Grote, the Duke All-American in basketball. Kurt Flood. Who took the first step toward free agency in the trade that Coincidentally, I was involved in after the 1969 season. And I've said this on many occasions, the guy that made our team click in 67 and 68 was Mike Shannon when he moved to third base from right field. If that doesn't happen, we don't win. Julian Javier, who to this day, I don't think he was ever taken out in a double play, ever. (laughs) The irrepressible Lou Brock. Lou, Lou, Lou. The incomparable number 45, Bob Gibson. The MVP that year, Orlando Cepeda. And I'll tell you how important, I'll tell you how important Orlando Cepeda was. Bob Gibson was starting at Shea Stadium in New York one evening. The bus was supposed to leave at five o'clock. 
Red said, the manager was seated in the first seat, as always, and Red said, Bussy, let's go. And Bob said, wait a minute, is Orlando on the bus? And we all looked around, and we couldn't find him, and Bob said, this bus isn't leaving without Cepeda. <laughs> and we didn't. Five or ten minutes later, Orlando showed up and Bob said, now we can go. Now I am five and seventy, I'm proud to say. And I've tried to do just that, pass it on. I have shared the broadcasting booth with the greatest voices in the history of American sports. Dick Inberg, Al Michaels, Ralph Kiner, Keith Jackson, Jack Buck. Sean McDonough, and for 18 years with Fox Sports, the great Joe Buck. But I gotta tell you, I have never been happier in the broadcast booth than working with Dan McLaughlin over the last five years. So many people. These players and these broadcasters will continue to be forever etched in my mind. Like the Godfather said, I don't forget my enduring thanks to the DeWitts. Believe me. My many friends along the way and to you, everybody here today, and everybody that will be in the ballpark tonight, and your staggering loyalty. It's your encouragement and support that makes us continue to want to come back for more and more and more. Thank you. That was Tim McCarver in 2017 when he was inducted into the Cardinals Hall of Fame. Tim McCarver passing away earlier today. We will take a break. When we come back, we will uh, shift gears once again, talk a little St. Louis Blues hockey. They are in action tonight. We are live in Jupiter, Florida, and inside of the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center, and we're back with uh, more of this Graybar Sports Open Line in just a moment on KMOX. I'm Dakota Hudson. I'm Jordan Hicks. I'm Cardinals pitcher Jack Flaherty. I'm Tommy Edmond. I'm Cardinals outfielder Jordan Walker. I'm Paul Dion. I'm Woodson Contreras. I'm Adam Wainwright. And you're listening to the voice of the Cardinals, KMOX. Six fifty 
your current time. Well, actually, where I'm at, it's 7.50. But if you're listening in the Central Time Zone, it is 6.50 as we continue on with a Graybar Sports Open Line broadcasting live from our T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter at the Cardinals Spring Training Complex. Coming up in hour number two of the show, you don't want to miss it, uh, we are going to play some of that audio that we uh, made reference to with uh, Matt Snyder from uh, Brewers pitcher Corbin Burns, what he had to say after a arbitration hearing that went horribly, horribly wrong. Also, uh, we're, we, we'll, we'll be joined by uh, Brian Kennedy from uh, Channel 4 KMOV. He'll be with us. Uh, he's down here in Jupiter, and we'll talk all things Cardinals spring training with him. And we'll hear uh, some comments from Oliver Marmel. He speaks with the media each day, and we'll pass along some of those comments uh, coming up in just a bit. The St. Louis Blues, they are in action this evening as they are going to match up against the New Jersey Devils. Uh, Craig Berube spoke with the media earlier today at morning skate want to pass along some of his thoughts um we'll start with uh, jake neighbors he uh got called up so neighbors is back with the team coming up from ahl springfield and uh this is what baruby had to say about neighbors returning to the blues well yeah he was playing good for us you know and uh, before he went back down um he had a good game in winnipeg i thought you know his game is he this this second time or this is the third but his second call up you know Drastic improvement in his game. Any specific area you feel I like think, he's really made? Well, I, it's confidence more than anything because he went down and played really well in the minors. So he was very confident coming up here. And confidence is a big thing. I mean, we all know what his game's like. You guys do too, but it's just more confidence. Big picture, you step back and you look at Nate's <clears throat> season. Is his progress right where you'd hope it'd be at the start of the season? Yeah, I guess so. I don't think you really put a prediction on that. Like, you never know. But, um, you know, I think he's made some really good progress this year, personally. He was in there talking about the need to play physicals. So I guess it's a natural to throw him well, yeah. Chari and play, yep. I guess. Well, we like that aspect of his game. He likes to take the body. And, um, you know, we need more of it. Spent some time there talking about the progress of Jake Neighbors, somebody else who uh, Baruby thinks has made some progress as the uh, season has gone along. Obviously, uh, got a big contract before the season got started, but uh, very happy as the game does continue to evolve for Jordan Cairo. He made some good plays. Obviously, one turned into a goal, um, which is important. I think that's probably what you're looking at, right? But, you know, he's, again, for me this year, from going from last year to this year, um, He's worked a lot harder without the puck. That's the bottom line. You know, he's back-checked harder and tracked harder and, you know, break plays up. He has the ability to do that with his speed. A couple other things. I talked a little bit about Jordan Bennington, who's now fourth in Blues history when it comes to wins. Uh, I mean, excellent. Obviously, he came in 2019, and uh, obviously we all know what happened then. But, uh, you know, Highly competitive guy, and, um, you know, I think for me he's gotten better and better working on his game and uh, just becoming a better, stronger goalie over time. So congrats to him. It's a lot of games, and he's done a great job for us. As mentioned, the Blues tonight, they match up against New Jersey, and uh, this is what Berube thinks about this Devils team that they're matching up against. Well, best transition team in the league probably with speed. Um, they, they create a lot of stuff off the rush, uh, you know, an active D. You know, their four checks aggressive too. Their D are going to be down walls, but uh, they got some real uh, quick forwards that transition really well.
So that is uh, Craig Berube speaking to the media earlier today. Again, the Blues are in action tonight as uh, they do take on the New Jersey Devils. Thought, uh, speaking of the NHL, uh, we've spent a lot of time on this show talking about the RSN situation when it comes to uh, the Cardinals and, and Valley Sports Midwest and what's going to happen uh, moving forward. Obviously, if the Bally networks don't exist anymore, that's going to impact NBA and NHL teams as well. Uh, Major League Baseball's been kind of louder about what their plans are moving forward. Maybe they've said even too much, uh, but the National Hockey League did issue a statement today uh, simply stating, quote, the NHL is closely monitoring the RSN situation. We will be prepared to address whatever circumstances dictate to provide our fans with access to our games. And, you know, we, we spend a ton of time talking about the Bally networks because they're the ones that are in trouble right now. And if you don't know, the, the most recent update is uh, Sinclair, Diamond Sports Group, Bally Sports, whatever you want to refer to them as. Uh, they just missed a big payment intentionally. And with that, that starts a 30-day process that will probably eventually result in them filing for bankruptcy. And then there's a lot of other things that could happen there. We don't really have time to get into all the details of it. Uh, but the way you view games could change dramatically, and it could happen soon. Like this is, a, I think that Bally Sports Midwest is going to exist for the entire Cardinal season, and changes are going to happen after the baseball season. But there is a scenario where... Shortly before the season starts, that network doesn't exist anymore. That is not out of the realm of possibility. Extremely unlikely, but not impossible. So everybody's trying to figure out what's going on. But the Bally networks are not the only networks. AT&T Sportsnet is another regional sports network. Uh, they've got the Rockies and the Pirates and the Mariners and I believe one other. I think they've got four total. They just uh, had their payments due, that they, the, the rights fees that they had to pay the teams, and they didn't pay what they were supposed to pay. They paid a much lesser number, and they're owned by Time Warner, and Time Warner's got all kinds of issues. So this is not just a Bally issue. This is an industry issue right now, and we will continue to talk about this on, on this show. Maybe we'll spend a little bit more time on it uh, coming up tomorrow because there have been some developments here uh, in the last day or two uh, that uh, will continue to impact the way uh, things play out when it comes to regional sports networks. We will take a break for our top of the hour news. When we return, uh, Corbin Burns situation with the Milwaukee Brewers. Not great for, uh, for the Brewers, that's for sure. We'll hear what he had to say earlier today. That's next. It's Sports Open Line live from Jupiter on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.